This episode of the Press Row Podcast is brought to you by Out of the Park Baseball 19, which is on sale today for just $19.99 for the MLB All-Star Game. Now through July 20th for just $19.99, that's 50% off, you can get Out of the Park Baseball 19 from Steam, from Origin, or directly from OOTPdevelopments.com. The very best baseball strategy game ever made, best version ever made this year, Out of the Park Baseball 19. Don't take our word for it. Check out what people are saying about it all over the web. Out of the Park Baseball 19 is the biggest, the best, and frankly, the most fun version of Out of the Park Baseball we've ever made. And we just introduced last week the ability to have a one-click tournament. You can take any baseball team ever and put them against any other baseball team ever in these massive historical tournaments where you can set up these March Madness-style brackets or you can have round robins or planes. It's amazing. And now it's all with just one click of a button. Go ahead. Check it out. Out of the Park Baseball 19 on sale today. 50% off for the MLB All-Star Game sale. Just $19.99. Enjoy the show. All right. Here we are. It's the... Uh all-star game edition of our press row podcast all-star break maybe more specifically we're taking a little break from uh, the intensity of of the sports gaming uh landscape covering all of that and we're going to talk about your uh all-star game experience mr rich grisham uh and then we're going to take questions from uh from listeners and talk a little bit about what's going on with madden and nba 2k coming up uh, which are just a few weeks and just a little over a month, respectively, out from release. Uh, so we're going to relax a little bit and just have a chat. Rich, what do you yes, think? Yes, sounds great. It's great to be here, as always, Brian. Good to talk mm-hmm. to you again. Thanks for uh, for uh, getting together. Yeah, so you went to the All-Star game. Uh, tell me about that. First of all, you got to see uh, a Seattle Mariner get robbed of the MVP award. Oh, I didn't realize that was a controversy because when you know when you're at the game, you're not sort of, it, mm-hmm. or at least you know I wasn't really sort of following it um, anywhere other than just sort of in the stadium. Although I was doing some tweets and stuff, so yeah, I got to go to the 2018 Major League Baseball All Star Game. I, I got to tell you, Brian, I have sort of bought into the cynicism of of the converse or the cynical conversations about all-star games for years that generally happens in the media and with fans, you know, we, we know for years, the major league baseball all-star game had issues. And then they finally decided to try to make it a little more competitive and have the winners, the, the winner of the league gets the home field advantage in the world series, which I liked. And I still like, I, 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 uh, I kind of wish why? they had got rid of it. I don't know. Why? I just made it fun. I, I thought it was that made fun. It fun. To that me, didn't make it fun. To me, it did. Sorry, Brian. Certainly um, didn't make it fun for teams who were uh, potentially going on to the World Series who well, had to have faith hey, partially tied to it. Uh, my Mets went to the World Series in 2015, and because the American League won the mm. All Star Game, the Mets did not get the the home field advantage. So, I mean, I, I've. I've experienced the positive and certainly the negative about it. But anyway, I mean, you know, Brian, it's not it's not news to say that there are the 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 most common conversation around an all star game is how it's not any good or it doesn't matter or, 
it's they're broken and and you know the NHL and the NBA in particular have done a whole bunch of modifications to how they select their teams and so has the NFL sort of the mm-hmm. Major League Baseball All-Star game is really the only one that has maintained the same format uh, over time and of course the Major League Baseball All-Star game was by far the first one to ever do it dating back to I believe the first one was in the 1930s um so, yeah, I, I kind of and bought in and even participated in the conversation about, oh, the Pro Bowl's no good or, you know, nobody cares about the NHL All-Star game. And But I got to tell you, Brian, going to the city, in this case, it was Washington, D.C., and, and that's one of the reasons I was able to go, because that's basically a three-hour drive from my house. Yeah. Going to the All-Star game, and not just the game, but I also got to go to the Home Run Derby on Monday night, which I also had not enjoyed watching on television. Uh, But going to these events and being in and around the stadium and seeing the people and just kind of soaking it in, it really completely turned my opinion on an all-star game. An all-star game really is, at its core, a celebration of the sport and a celebration of the players. And... Because you have representatives from every team, you know, you see a wide ver- variety of jerseys and caps and fans. And I don't know, it's hard to put my finger on it, but there was just a lot of really positive, happy energy around Nationals Park on Monday and Tuesday. The Home Run Derby, I did not anticipate enjoying it. I, I went because we had the opportunity to go. And it was just great. It was absolutely a blast. Bryce Harper put on a show, but so did Kyle Schwarber. So did Reese Hopkins. My goodness, Brian, I was just blown away by how fun it was to go to that. And with no dog in the fight, right? There was only one Met even on the All-Star team. That was DeGrom, who gave up a bomb of a home run uh, when he pitched in the All-Star game. Loved going to the Home Run Derby, being there in person, just soaking in the atmosphere. Uh, you know, I was able to go to both of these events thanks to Out of the Park Baseball's relationship with Major League Baseball. So I, I had to obviously pay my own way down there and my hotel and, and food and stuff like that. But I, I did was given, you know, tickets from our, our friends at Major League Baseball. So, so huge thanks to them for that. It was just wonderful. Uh, and then I also um, went to the Fan Fest, which is oh, a, yeah. took place at the convention center. And I had never been to one of those. And that was really fun, really family-friendly, all sorts of cool stuff. Got to go um, play, uh, do, do a little uh, hitting against live pitching. Got to feel what it was like to try to swing against a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. Not happening, Brian. Just, I mean, <laughs> not happening. Um, Mm. got to, and I'll I'll talk about this a little bit more in depth, got to play the home run VR game, the home run derby VR game, uh, that's produced by major league baseball. I got to sit and listen to Johnny bench talk for 45 minutes in a small little area of the fan fest. There's probably about, I don't know, a hundred fans in there. And he just got up on stage and he just riffed for 45 minutes on baseball, just chatted, took questions from the host took questions from the fans, including one from me. The guy is 70 years old, and he is on it. I mean, I don't know about you, Brian. We're of a similar age, but I'm a little older. 
But Johnny Bench in particular, I have a real affinity for. Back when I was a kid and really starting to, to fall in love with baseball, there was a Saturday morning show called The Baseball Bunch. Do you remember that? Does that mean anything uh, to you? No, I okay. don't think so. It was a show that Johnny Bench sort of hosted and and it was just about a bunch of kids playing baseball and there were storylines and stuff like that and it was 30 minutes and after that came this week in baseball which was hosted by mel allen and like that was for a few years i don't know i mean when you're a kid time goes much slower so maybe it was just one year maybe it was two or three years but mm. it's gotta be at least two years for two or three years that was my saturday morning thing i would love to watch the baseball bunch and then this week in baseball, and then watch the uh, game of the week. Because back then, this is before cable TV, you know, the Major League Baseball game of the week on Saturday was a big deal. And that was what my summer Saturdays were, were all about. And obviously, Johnny Bench, legendary Hall of Famer, if not the greatest catcher of all time on the list of top three. I mean, I don't know who would even be in the conversation other than maybe a guy like Roy Campanella. Uh, certainly Johnny Bench is more accomplished or, well, I shouldn't just say that. I don't have their stats in front of me. Johnny Bench won two MVPs, which as a catcher is astounding to win two MVP mm. awards. And yeah. of course he was a catcher for arguably the best baseball team ever. The 75, 76 big red machine, you know, kind of in our out of the park simulations, whenever we sort of put the best teams up against each other, the, that team and the 27 Yankees are the ones that are kind of always there at the end and battling out to, to claim that crown. So, Man, it was just so wonderful to be in the same room as, as him and listen to him just chat about baseball today, baseball back then, growing up. You know, he was a kid in Oklahoma, coming up in, in, in the late 60s and early 70s. Uh, his thoughts on the game back then, the game today, uh, just wonderful. And, uh, and then, of course, got to go to the All-Star game itself, which – Again, in person. It's not like we had these amazing seats. We were in like the second level out in the outfield. So it, it's if you look at my Twitter, you can sort of see where we were, you know. But certainly, I mean, National Stadium is a wonderful ballpark. Great crowd. Very happy crowd. The Nationals and Major League Baseball did a wonderful job. The the opening, the the introductions, the Canadian National Anthem, the American National Anthem, the 29 Medal of Honor winners coming on the field. That was, again, just being in person was really, really wonderful. And then the game itself was a really entertaining game that went to extra innings. There was a, a big, you know, two-run home run to tie the game uh, in, in the ninth inning for the National League. I thought, oh, my gosh, they can actually win one of these. Yes, I'm a National League fan. I'm rooting for the National League. And, of course, eventually the uh, American League uh, got, got it back and, and took it over. But I was just so positively surprised by how wonderful attending an all-star game is and it really mm. just clicked with me that what the all-star game about it's just about celebrating the sport and celebrating the players and if you ever have a chance anyone who's listening if you ever have an opportunity to go to a home run derby or an all-star game do it because it's different than anything else. I've been to plenty of regular season games. I've been to more than a few playoff games in, in all the different sports. Eagles playoff games, Devils Stanley Cup championship games, Mets playoff games. I've been to all of them. There's something very different. It's very 
I mean, very unique. It's an, it, you can't put those two words together. It's a unique experience to go to an all-star game. Highly recommended, Brian. I just had a great time, uh, a really wonderful experience. Yeah, so I, I recognize that it's, uh, like you said, it's an inexperience. So it's, you know, I, I can't pretend to, from where I'm at, I can't pretend to have cared at all about the home run derby and very, very little about the actual all-star game. The only reason I cared about the all-star game was I was curious about what the Mariners players would do. And it was cool having, uh, four representatives there. Uh, but I just, I, I watched about three minutes of the home run derby. I just don't care. And, uh, and the all-star game, I tuned in and later in the game to watch what was going on. So I saw Segura's three run home run. Uh, and then I, I watched Diaz blow the save and then uh, and then I actually left after that. I just didn't care anymore. Uh, but but if I had been in the stadium, yeah, totally different. Now, I, I have the, the problem of if there isn't some significance and I'm not talking about winner gets the World Series home field advantage. I'm, I just mean, like, if there's no if there's nothing on the line, uh, nothing tangible on the line as far as it's a regular season game. It matters. It's a playoff game. It really matters. Uh, then I, I just don't, I, it's just not going to keep my interest. I, and I, I, I don't watch, I really don't watch the NBA all-star game anymore. I don't, I didn't watch the, the home, uh, not home, but the, the, the dunk contest last year. Um, and what others, I don't watch the NHL stuff. Um, and then, uh, there's another sport. <laughs> the pro Bowl. <laughs> yeah. Pro Bowl. Yeah. I don't care about the pro Bowl either. I just don't want my players to get injured in it. Right. So. I get it. I totally uh, yeah. get it, Brian. I, I'm I rarely watch the home run derby on TV, and I'll usually watch the All Star game with passing interest because I love baseball. And when I was a kid, the All Star game was a was a really big deal. And back then, when I was a kid, the American League there was no interleague play, so there were interesting matchups that yeah, you that just different. would never see. So there's a lot that's changed for the game. Uh, you know, you don't have the same situation now where you get quote unquote sort of fantasy matchups like getting mm-hmm. Chris Sale against, you know, some of the best players in the National League or, you know, but you get Max Yeah, it was Scherzer. like back in the back in the day when you had Randy Johnson face John Crook and that that uh, hilarious situation. Or Roger Clemens back yeah. in 1986 versus Keith Hernandez and Gary Carter, which you were also mm-hmm. thinking at the time, ooh. This might even be a World Series preview because there yeah. weren't there, oh, weren't, yeah. there weren't nine layers of playoff matches to get through and and you knew back in '86 the Red Sox and the Mets were both really good and if they could get past the one championship series they'd be facing each other. So it's different, but just because it's different doesn't mean it's it's bad or or worse. But I totally get where you're coming from, Ron. You're talking to a guy. I will literally not watch one minute of preseason NFL football. I don't like. Yeah, and games. I'll watch that because it matters no to me how how the players perform and nope. how the roster is going to shape up. Nope. But you don't nope. even nope. Yeah. Nope. I don't want to see it because nothing good happens in preseason games. Only bad things. Only injuries. That's all. That's nothing good happens in a, in, a, in a preseason game. I don't care. I wish they didn't play them. I'm I'm there day one when the regular season starts. So I totally get what you're saying. And, and and I'm not going to disagree with any of it because I, generally speaking, feel the same way. 
But I will say that being there and experiencing it and soaking it up, not that I'm, I'm saying now All-Star Games are the greatest thing ever, but if you have the opportunity to go and be in the building, go to the Fan Fest, Major League Baseball does a really wonderful job of making it feel special and important and fun when you're there. There is a very tangible, fun element to being there at the Home Run Derby and being there at the Fan Fest and being there at the game. It's it's hard to describe. It's just fun and it's positive and people are in a good mood. People are happy because everybody at the game is at the All-Star game. Like, hey, I'm at the All-Star game. There's you know, you don't get to say that very often. So I just I had a blast. I'm not saying like, you know, that that it, it's 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 the best thing ever. But I'm looking forward. I, I have a feeling. I mean, you know, you never know what's going to happen in a year. And I hope that I get to go next year. It's in Cleveland. You know, the last couple of years I could have gone. But it was in Miami and San Diego. And when oh, I'm that's, paying, that would have been that would have been better than Cleveland. Right. But I'm saying paying my own way. Like it's one thing. You know, Washington, D.C. is three hours from my house. You know, San Diego, and yes. Miami are probably the two farthest points other than Seattle from my house to get to and, and back. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it just it was a lot of fun. I'm glad I went. I hope to go again. I hope next year I can bring TJ and Chris with me because because, you know, that would have been good to have, you know, the larger out of the park family speaking about the park. Marcus, the CEO, came over from Germany, and I was able to, to spend some time with him in person. We've been working together for three years, and this was the first time that we ever met, as well as Matt, the lead developer on the game. So that was also a nice thing was was to be able to enjoy it with them and, and meet with them because we've worked together a lot for the last three years and being able to sort of celebrate some of our success together was also a really nice part of it too. So I, I just had a great time and and loved it. And 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 again, I, I will say if anyone out there listening has the opportunity to go to an all-star game, I would recommend doing it because it's unique, it's special, and it's fun. It's just positive. There's nothing on the line, Brian. Like that's almost with the, oh, you get to relax. Then. Right. It's yeah. fun. It, you're not like on the edge of your seat. Like, oh, my gosh, you know, the, it's the playoffs and it's going to win or lose or die or go home. It's like, hey, we're going to have some yeah. fun. The best players are out there having fun. Everyone's and, and also the other thing I think that makes the baseball all-star game fun is that it's a legit baseball game. Right. Like the Pro Bowl, they don't even tackle because, you know, football is a vicious, violent game and they shouldn't. I'm not saying they should be sacrificing their bodies in no, the Pro Bowl. Right, 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 right. They shouldn't do that. In the NBA All-Star game, it's fun. It's a ton of fun, but there's no defense. And in the NHL All-Star game, they play a weird sort of hybrid hockey that is not bad, but it's not not hockey that we're used to seeing. The baseball all-star game is legit, right? A pitcher can't go at 75%. Pitcher's got to pitch, right? He's got to pitch. He's got to pitch the way that he pitches. The the batters, you know, with the occasional exception of John Crook, Randy Johnson situation, are approaching the bat in a very similar way. It it looks like real baseball. It is real baseball. And I think that's the other thing that was cool about it. So I had a great time. And, and, and again, I just, if, if you can go, go. It was so funny because a few people, friends of the show, had tweeted me before, like one of, one of you know, our good friend Mark Foley from the Dodcast said, hey, he went to the Home Run Derby in in Seattle a few years ago, and he said it was one of the most fun experiences he had. I'm like, eh, okay. And now I totally get what he's talking about. It, it's just fun. Just super duper fun. So that's my so All-Star Game story. 
Yeah, tell me about the the VR game. Yes. What was the setup for that, and uh, you know what was it like? Yeah, so MLB has been working with uh, a company to to create this VR home run derby, and they actually did some Twitch streaming of it, which at one point in time actually beat Ninja for like a thirty to forty five minute period on Twitch. If you know anything huh. about Twitch, Ninja is the number one Twitch streamer, and mostly Fortnite, but I think he plays other things too. So they they were doing some live streaming of it and it had some really really great numbers. So they had it at a couple places. They had it sort of in an outdoor outdoor area near the ballpark at the Washington Naval Yard, and then they had it at the Fan Fest, and that's where I played it. And so it was a Vive, which I had never tried before. Mm-hmm. And uh, you you basically you stepped into a cage. You got to give you some space because you're swinging a bat. And there's a, a a bat that you you pick up. You, so you put the Vive on. You pick up the bat. And then you have like a minute and a half to hit home runs. And it's taking place in the National Stadium. And when you put the Vive on, you sort of look around. You know, it's a 360-degree view. You can see the fans behind you and the outfield and stuff. And then you just, you know, have take as, swing it at, at as many pitches as you can in the minute and 30. And I went there with Matt, the uh, the, the developer from uh, Out of the Park. We, he and I went went together. And had a little competition and he he crushed me. He he got like seven home runs and I had two. It's it's interesting. I don't want to say that I liked it. Well, I certainly didn't dislike it, but it didn't like sell me on VR as a whole. And and that's not a criticism of of the experience. It's actually really cool, right? You you put the vibe on. You're in the stadium. You pick up the bat and then the pitcher pitches and then you try to make make connection what's interesting is because of i guess just the nature of making it work the timing takes a little bit to get used to you don't want to like swing really hard and fast you actually want to take a lighter easier swing and the pitch comes in kind of slowly so it takes a little while to get your timing right so it's not necessarily a simulation as it is a video game and again it's not a criticism it's a statement and it is a video game so it's interesting. I didn't do well. I hit a couple of home runs. Matt just crushed me. He got like seven or eight. But it's really fun. When you do hit a home run, the fireworks go off. It shows you how far you hit it and stuff like that. So it's, it's interesting. I enjoyed it. It didn't sell me on VR. I'm certainly not going to go out and get a PSVR or, or a Vive or something like that. But as a experience to sort of participate in a little competition with your friends at FanFest or something like that, it was really fun. And, and I had some conversations with the developers afterwards where I made some uh, you know, suggestions on things that I think, look, if I, were, if I were marketing this, here's what I would do, which I, I won't go into here just because probably nobody wants to hear that. But it's a really cool experience that... I think would be fun for if you go to a game to be able to have something there. I don't know that it's that mm-hmm. it's something that would work so well in a home, but sort of as something that's ancillary to going to a baseball game or going to a Dave and Buster's, right, or going to a something like that. They definitely have something really cool there. So that was my experience with the Home Run Derby VR. Yeah, it uh, just like VR as a whole. That sounds to me like a novelty. It's not. It's not something you 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 would play for hours on end or right. But uh, yeah, but I will tell you. I mean, everybody. I got to watch probably twenty people play. They all had fun. 
Everybody was having. Well, fun. isn't that isn't that VR basically like you can probably enjoy things for ten minutes at a time? Well, right. Like, I, mean, I, I'm I don't. A, I'm not a VR guy. I'm not a VR obviously. guy either. I know. Yeah. I know. Keith is 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 yelling at his radio or whatever he listens to our show through now because he loves VR and 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 so does Mark Foley. I mentioned Mark. He's a huge VR guy. There's a lot of great VR experiences. So you and I are not the target market because we are <laughs> we are not VR people. Well, for, for yeah, I mean, based on based on the sales of VR, there <laughs> I don't know what the target market actually is. Well, I mean, you know, we my point is we know people who are passionate about VR who really enjoy it. Keith is one. Mark Foley is one. Jeff Kanata, you know, our friend from the DLC show, big fan of VR. They they are they are out there, and they are people that you know whose opinions I I value. So I I get it. We're just. It's not it, it it it's not us. But there were a bunch of people having fun. There was a family of six right in front of Matt and I that were having a blast, just cheering and hooting and hollering. And and ultimately, one of the the youngest of the family actually won the home run derby, and they were just having a blast. So a lot of people having a lot of fun with it. And yeah. uh, I think as a as something to do in VR, it's a really cool idea. Is it is that a Vive only like exclusive game? No, it's on PSVR as well. But I played mm. it on the Vive, and Vive is what was yeah. the setup was. I was gonna say it's just a big barrier, especially with Vive. You gotta have you buy buy it. It's five hundred bucks right now. Plus you gotta have PC unit that's gonna uh, support it. Uh, has to be you know really up to date, and uh, and you got all the wires everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I mean yeah. wires. It's but even with PSVR, there's it's a barrier for a lot of people. So it's not necessarily that no one wants to play it. I think it's just the the added costs and the added logistical uh, conflicts that, that that come about from it. Well, plus it's new, right? Like I, I, you know, we've had plenty of conversations. People say, "Oh, should I wait to get the next version of the Xbox, right? Or should I wait for the PS4 Pro 2? Or something like that. And I, my general reaction is, sure, if you don't want to have any fun playing video games for the next year and a half, you can wait. Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, yeah, well, you got you got to price out the, the value of time. Right. <laughs> like, yeah, I've never understood the thing. Like, I'll wait for a price drop on the console for $50, and I'll miss out on six months of playing. You're saying right. those six months weren't worth $50? Right. And, yeah. But with VR, I kind of understand it because... You 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 don't know, but you sort of assume that every nine to eighteen months, one of the three platforms, whether it's Oculus Vive or PlayStation VR, is going to get improved and or less expensive. Right. And when you are talking about something that's new, like VR, and something that a price drop is significant and or an improvement is significant. Like, let's just say, and I, it's not going to happen, but let's just say next week, Vive, no, I won't even go Vive because no matter what, you need a, a really powerful PC and I can't afford the kind of PC that would, a really powerful PC for the Vive. Let's say Sony announces the PSVR price drop down to 75 bucks or they announce that the VR, PSVR 2 is coming out in the, on, at the holidays and there's no wires. Mm. You know, then you might be like, okay, good. I'm glad I waited because now I'm either going to spend a lot less money. I'm going to have a, a, a much less friction, 
full experience because I got a no watch. Again, that's not going to happen. So I sort of understand the people on the fence with the VR and waiting because it is so new. Uh, but it, to me, it's a different sort of wait and see attitude with VR than it is with, oh, you know, the next version of the PlayStation or the Xbox or the Nintendo Switch, whatever they're going to do. All right. So let's let's talk about, uh, well, we have we have a couple subjects here kind of led into them from listener questions. So we'll start with Madden because it's the nearest to release. At this point, Rich, we are, well, by the time the podcast posts, we'll be under two weeks away from it going out. EA Access and Origin Access. Yes. uh, Right at the start of August. Good timing. uh, I like it because Um, training camps and preseason, not that I watch the preseason, but at least there's football being played somewhere. So it makes sense. I love it. I love the new release date. Yeah, so so the the first question basically was about you know what is our, what are our thoughts on the game at this point and and kind of our hype level, and it's interesting because I, I I'm struggling to 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 feel any hype about the game. I think the the marketing rollout for Madden this year is kind of odd. Uh, they they dumped a whole lot at EA Play, which is always great. We expect most of that, but they haven't followed up on anything really since then uh we we've gotten player ratings which is obvious that's all obviously one of the last things they they do every year is player ratings but then they withheld a cover announcement until two weeks before the game came out which is really peculiar uh because the the games have been manufactured long or the you know the cases and everything and and the discs and and all the all the art inside of the game and all that has been has already been completed uh, but they tried to get a news cycle out of the cover announcement, but there was nothing accompanying it, nothing new about the game, nothing else. And and what I <laughs> what, what I really get a, uh, a laugh out of lately, and, and 2K did this with their cover also, is when, when they announce the standard edition cover athlete and they make a big deal out of it, but then they say, now also buy our special edition instead. <laughs> it's like they don't even want you to buy... The, the the cheap sixty dollar edition of the game. They specifically promote their uh, their their special editions with <laughs> inside of the announcements uh, for these covers. I just I just that just amuses me. Um, but yeah, I I don't know what it is. I, I think that's going to change uh, come EA Access. The the first minute I play it, that'll probably change. But I I did not really feel much coming out of EA Play about the game. Uh, and I really didn't pay much attention to the videos. I thought they looked kind of strange, uh, all the other videos. And then they held the beta, which I didn't participate in. I just didn't want to, uh, taint what will be a review of the game by playing it at an early stage. So, um, I don't really have high expectations for the game this year, it's, which is, which is strange too, because I'm coming off. I didn't play Madden a whole lot last year because it was way too similar to Madden 17, which I liked a lot. I played a ton of Madden 17. You'll remember, Rich, we played leagues uh, for, what, about nine months of that yep. year? Yes, we did. Um, and then I didn't play in a league in Madden 18 because the game just it just bored me a little bit, and it, it felt too familiar, and I didn't really want to commit the time to a game that felt that way to me. I, I didn't think it was a bad game. I thought there was a lot of worthwhile stuff they did, but it just felt too familiar to me, and, and I wanted to put my time elsewhere. So um, going in, I should feel like re-energized for Madden. I don't at this point. And like I said, though, that could change the, the minute I start playing. Uh, and we'll see where that goes. And, and I, I'm curious about the story mode, 
we which again there's like a few paragraphs on it at EA Play and they haven't talked about it since. So I don't know if that means that it's really not going to amount to a whole much uh, a whole lot this year. Um but yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Well, and and especially since it releases earlier uh we're back to the early August, you would think and I haven't really played a new sports game in a while. You would think that uh I would be really anxious to get into this and I'm I'm not at this point, but We'll see what happens. Well, there's a few things there that that you touched on. Let's just talk about sort of our hype level for the game first. We're older now. We're we've been through this a bunch of times, and I think that has a little bit of something to do with it. You and I, of course, will both be playing it the first minute that it's available because that's what we do. So it's not as if you and I aren't excited. Because we are, because we're going to be playing it the first second that it's available. However, I just think because of the fact that we're a little bit older and we've been through this a bunch of times, we both have tons of stuff going on in our lives professionally and personally. We sort of know it's it's there. I just think you and I aren't sort of chomping at the bit for information about it like we were five years ago, ten years ago. I just... I think I, I put a lot of that on just where you and I are in our lives right now. Not good, not bad, just well, just that's what you, it is, I think. Do you get the sense that anyone is? Well, like, that's, where I'm, I'm on, that's where I'm going next. That's where I'm going next. Social media, uh, forums like Operation Sports, uh, you know, uh, people who visit my website and, and elsewhere – I don't I don't see it. But uh, but then again, in recent years, I haven't seen it for other games, too, that have gone on to do really well and, and be well received. So and I'm not so, sure if yeah, I can even gauge it that way anymore. Well, and, and that's where I think there's also that's where it gets into a very different discussion. And that is a few things. Number one, there are a lot more places where conversations are happening now about madden and about sports video games and about video games and about everything right it's not sort of concentrated on one or two websites anymore there are websites there is discord there is twitter there's facebook there's twitch there there, there's a lot i think it feels like to me without any sort of quantitative data so caveat emptor right but it feels to me that with such a wider area of places for conversations that there isn't as much of a concentrated conversation about it like for you know if you sort of take madden out of the picture if you look at something like what neogaf used to be neogaf used to be the place where there would be tons of deep conversations about the video game industry and then of course neogaf had its implosion and was sort of re replaced by reset era but if you look at at a forum in 2018 there's just less conversation happening in general about everything and that's because a lot of people have sort of created their own discord channels for example and they've They've created these other places to have conversations which aren't as broad and don't encompass as many people. So I think that's part of it is that there's just a lot more places. And I think we see similar correlates in things like watching TV shows and movies, right? You might watch it on your TV. You might watch it on Netflix on your phone. You might watch it on your tablet. You might consume, you know, people consume entertainment in a wider variety of places. So there's not as much of a concentrated 
conversation. I think that is affecting website forums like Operation Sports, for example. I don't know this, right? I mean, you know, Steve could could reply and say, "You guys are crazy. You don't know what I'm talking about." You know, but even in like with out, out of the park baseball, right? Like there are like six different places where conversations are happening on out of the park baseball. There's our forums, there's our Discord, there's our YouTube page, there's our Twitch, there's our the, the Reddit forums. Like the, there's all our Facebook, obviously. You know, it used to be three, four years ago in one place, and now it's in seven. So I think that has something I, to do with it too. I, I think also, and you can you can tell me if I'm wrong in this. Uh, the way fan bases have fractured within themselves. Uh, so you have a lot of people who all they want to hear about is ultimate team. They don't care about anything else. Or you have a lot of people who want only franchise mode. There isn't a whole lot of people now who just want Madden news, That's for true. example. That's they just, they point. want, they want to hear what they are interested in. And, and the way, the way uh, that those fan bases have split and gone their own directions it's almost like there you have the yeah it's just very segmented now but, i don't know so but then i also look at how ea is marketing madden and there are some definite differences oh, in yeah. how they're how they're doing it and and what i sort of look at is years ago when they did the cover reveal for madden after a competition where where fans voted and ultimately it was the game where calvin johnson was the cover athlete right and it was calvin johnson the the finals were calvin johnson versus cam newton and they had a huge event in times square in new york city a live reveal i was there it was covered by espn cam newton and calvin johnson were there in times square they had a whole section cordon off and then they did the actual reveal that calvin johnson won on on one of the giant digital screens in Times Square and there was a huge celebration and then immediately afterwards he did the actual cover they had the cover shoot he was taking action shots Russell Wilson who at the time was going into the draft was the one throwing passes to him I have a bunch of pictures I think I shared them with you Brian Mm -hmm. when I was there and then afterwards for like an hour and a half there was I don't know five six seven hundred fans the head of EA's uh, uh the head of Madden's marketing uh, who's been on the show before? The guy who came up with it with the um, w- with the cover contest in the first place was just sort of you know holding court, throwing swag out to people, and just having a good old time. And it was a major event. And in 2018, yeah, they did they did it unveiled, I believe, live on ESPN. But it wasn't any kind of a spectacle like that. It's different, and I'm not saying it's bad. I think EA is sort of. And this is all conjecture. I believe EA has sort of recognized that fracturing of the fan base and recognized the fracturing of the conversation and has just sort of decided to approach it a little differently. Probably because, I mean, EA Play, right? Like EA Play is a great example of they're controlling the message and they're owning it and and they're not probably reaching out to the press, the video game press like they used to before you know years ago when they uh, unveiled madden you know they invited a whole bunch of people back when i was still writing about video games for games radar down to their offices in orlando and there's like 12 video game writers there getting presentations by the madden development team and that kind of stuff doesn't happen anymore so i think they just recognize that 
they I, I I get I I give them a lot of credit. I think they they know the data. They know that they do the number crunching. They understand where they're going to get the most bang for their buck. I'm sure they understand there's at least some constituency that's going to buy the game day one. And, and then they, they're trying to figure out in 2018, how do we connect with the people that we want to convince to buy this game? And I'm pretty sure they've recognized that it's not the way that they would have in 2016 or 2013 or 2010. And this is something that everybody is working through. I mean, I, I spend large parts of my day thinking about how do I make people aware of out-of-the-park baseball? You know, if this were 2010, I would probably convince Marcus to spend a heck of a lot of money on a radio ad or a TV ad, and that would be our entire annual budget. But I wouldn't do that in 2018 because there's 39 different ways that we can try to reach our customers, and I have to figure out the best way to do that. So mm-hmm. this is all conjecture and hypothesis. I just think that they are smart enough to recognize that the way that they used to do things doesn't work as much. I also think, and again, all conjecture, they're probably saving a lot of what they're going to do for when the game is available because they recognize the attention spans of people and whether I'm representative of that or not, I don't care if you're telling me about a game that's coming out in six months. Talk to me when I can buy it. Now, I understand pre-orders are a big (laughs) deal. I get that, right? So I just also, I got to believe that they're waiting until closer to when the game is available to do, to put their foot on the gas because they recognize it's a very short attention span group and people are probably more likely to buy something if they can get it right now as opposed to pre-order it if they can't get it for a month. Again, all conjecture, uh, but I think there's something to that too. That, that makes that makes sense, especially when you consider it's coming out earlier. Uh, they have the whole entire preseason to try and sell right. the game. Right. I um, mean, if, if, you, if I'm dying for football and it's preseason, I'm like, oh, thank goodness. And then the Madden commercial comes on then. I'm like, oh. I can get that right now. I can press a button and get it, or I can drive yeah. over to my Target or my GameStop and pick it up. To, to me, Madden that's is smart. at a. The, the only thing that that would be a concern in that regard is Madden is at a disadvantage compared to the other, compared to NBA 2K, compared to MLB The Show, compared to NHL, uh, compared to FIFA. The the, the tail for sales uh, is shorter for Madden because the season is shorter, so Madden really only ever sells until really the end of January or into mid February. Uh, that's only what, uh, you know, four and a half. Yeah. But or it's... in this case, it'll be five and a half months. The other games get eight to nine months worth of sales. So Madden has to, Madden is much more front loaded than the other games. So, but it's always in the top 10 or 20 of sales oh, too. Right. Yeah. So regardless of, of that, it, 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 I don't know how many more or less are the same copies it sells as as what it sold five years ago and ten years ago. Oh, it's, yeah, it's millions less. But there's but less platforms they're making too. Money. Yeah, they're, they're making more money off the people who buy it. But there's less platforms. It wasn't that long ago, Brian, that that a Madden would come out. On hey, the, we got PC this year though. <laughs> but I mean, it <laughs> wasn't PC. that long ago. Where yes, you, I know. You would have a Madden on on the Wii, the PS2, the yeah. Xbox 360, the PS3, uh, the Xbox One. And the P or not the Xbox One, but the the PS2, PS3, 360, and the the Wii and the mm-hmm. PSP or the Vita, right? And yeah, there was yeah, even yeah. some DS versions of the games too. Like there's a yeah. lot less 
and by the way, I think it's a good thing because most of those games, if, if it weren't the leading games, they're, they're, they weren't particularly interesting. So there's a lot to that. But regardless, you know, unit sales, whether they're up, down, or the same, you know, they're, they're concentrated more on a smaller, uh, on a smaller you know, set of hardware and a smaller number of, of units being produced as well. Uh, so the other question related to Madden had to do with what team or teams are we looking at to use in franchise mode? So do you have someone in mind other than the Eagles, Rich, oh that you, you have a curiosity in? I can hear Pete Dodd laughing at me, yelling Don't, at me, calling yeah. me a traitor from here. But uh, look, Do not say Cowboys. This is the first and only – well, not only. Gosh, I hope it's not only. This is the first time I've ever been able to pop in a new Madden where my team is the champion – so I'm absolutely going with the Eagles, but that's what I'm going to be doing mm-hmm. in our online league. I know I'll start with them in my first CFM just because I'm going to want to get a feel for how they look. I mean, the team is coming back pretty darn similar to last year at at most of the positions. They're looking a little different at tight end after you get to Zach Ertz, looking a little different at wide receiver, looking a little bit different at the running back from a depth chart perspective, but the names are all names that have been with the club for at least a year, and in some cases two, three, or four, you know, with guys like Darren Sproles and and so on. The defense is looking a little different, but not dramatically. So they're a very, very familiar team. Um, so I don't – but I definitely want to – I'm going to want to try something. Like last year, I think the Bengals were who I went with in my offline oh, playing for fun uh-huh. CFM. It wasn't until I saw this question that I really sort of thought about it. I don't know. There, there's some fun teams out there. Like the Minnesota Vikings would be a really fun team to play with, right? Yeah. They've got the new quarterback and Cousins, and they've got some just dynamic talent on both sides of the ball. That could be a team that, that I could definitely see myself having some fun with um, in, in my CFM. So that's sort of my – that that that's who my second CFM offline is probably going to be with is going to be the Vikings. Interesting. Yeah. So if you haven't read it, I put uh, put together a power rankings of the the team NFL teams one through thirty two, based on their Madden ratings. It's up at Sporting News. Uh, so please check that out. So there are some interesting things I discovered through that process. And first of all, Rich, your Philadelphia Eagles are the most superpowered team, and and not that that's surprising as a Super Bowl winner. But they are far and above everybody else, and that that's surprising in a sense because they almost they almost lost in the wild card round. You know, yes, like, they did. Yes, um, they did. So I mean, that just shows you how razor thin things are when when you get in into the playoff in the postseason and then and really any tournament. Well, the other uh, thing that's surprising is really, the, and I haven't looked at the breakdown, you know, but. Their their strength is their offensive line and obviously their quarterback. Their, I mean, Ajay is is a tremendous player, but it's not like there's any. And Zach Ertz is a great tight end, but the receiving core and the running back core are not a who's who, right? No. They're they're not. So, so, so I'm what, surprised what, they're that that higher, much higher yeah, than everybody else. So the the Eagles have by far the most players rated 90 or above and they also have by far the most players rated 80 above and it's that it's the latter there that really separates them in, in my opinion because it gotcha. just it gives them depth everywhere yes. makes sense uh, i mean other than okay so this is kind of funny so the eagles have two play two quarterbacks rated uh 
86, you know, Carson Wentz, and 80, Nick Foles. Which is why uh, those two should be the dual cover athletes for Madden. We know that. <laughs> Everybody knows it. It's a crime. Uh, That's not uh, the case. Uh, so, uh, funny enough, the uh, the only other team that has two quarterbacks rated 80 or higher is, uh, you want to take a guess? Well, It'd be I, I the will. last team. It'd be the last team you would probably expect. But I, one thing I'm also going to say now, just realizing Antonio, we I don't think we said who the cover athlete was. It's Antonio yeah. Brown. Everybody knows that Antonio Brown is the cover athlete because of one person and one person only, Mike Young. Mike Young loves the Steelers, <laughs> loves Antonio Brown. Mike, I'm calling you out right now. Yeah. This is all you. Granted, Antonio Brown is the best receiver in the NFL. He's a hey, very worthy involved. candidate. He's involved in Madden's marketing for the last several years. Very worthy. Yeah. Very worthy candidate. Great receiver. I have no problem with it, but that's all Mike Young. That is him pulling a power play. And you know what? (laughs) If you can do it, God bless you. Right. I mean, why not go for it? So, all right. uh, Who would be the other team? Yeah. No, I don't think you'll ever guess this. Uh, It wouldn't be San Diego. Mm. Mm Hmm. Wow. So you're you're leading me there to be, make it seem like it's a team with terrible quarterbacks. It couldn't possibly be like Jacksonville with Bortles and whoever is behind him. No, or the, no. Or the the, uh, All right. I guess four teams. Okay. I got none of them. Who is it? Okay. The Cleveland Browns. Oh, my gosh. So they have uh, uh, both quarterbacks. Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor. Both are rated 81. Uh, so that's just kind of a... a which I'm not sure that really helps you if you're playing with the Browns because you just you can only put one on the field. Uh, but that's kind of a cool little if you're playing in franchise with the Browns, a cool little thing. Are you going to go with what the Browns will probably do, which is let Mayfield sit to start the season? Or would you go straight with the, the rookie and try to work his ratings up? I go right to the rookie. I think, I think yeah. you know, in the NFL these days, there's no sitting and waiting anymore. You got a guy, you put him out there. That's what the Eagles did with Carson Wentz. Put him right mm-hmm. out there. And He's a better player for it, I think. So the Vikings you mentioned, uh, I think, are one of the most underrated teams by Madden this year. So they came in, based on my analysis and my my uh, uh, formulas, uh, they came in 10th. Uh, and I think they should be I, – I actually, above your uh, – if I was going to say who do I think are, are the favorites to win the NFC this season, I would say it's the Vikings. Above the Eagles, above no way. Uh, the Saints. They're, they're not, yeah. The Eagles are the favorites to win the NFC this year. They're, they probably won't because teams don't repeat except for the Patriots. They're different than everybody else. But, I mean, you got to go insane. The Eagles are the, are, are the favorites to win the so, NFC again. Yeah, so the Vikings, the, the Kirk Cousins signing actually didn't really do anything for them. He's an 82, and uh, Case Keenum was an 81. So it, in real life, you know, that may actually pay off for them. But in a video game, at least at the start, it doesn't matter. Um, the Vikings have five players rated 90 or above, which I believe is second to your uh, your, your Eagles. Uh, and they have the highest rated safety in the league in Harrison Smith. Um, so when it comes to me, I, I usually choose teams. And you, you probably remember this, Rich. I, when the Jaguars were not good, I was the Jaguars. I do, and you made them uh, good. You made yeah, them and, good. Uh, I, I like that. I like the the building up, and I also like the challenge. Um, so I've been teams like the Jaguars and the Dolphins and the Bills, uh, Chargers. Um, this year I was lo- I'm spotlighting a couple teams, and I think it's going to be probably between these two. First of all, as a Seahawks fan, I'm naturally going to probably, if I'm not going to be the Seahawks, which I I, I prefer not to be because I don't like to 
dump players that I like and I don't like to replace, you know, or I don't, I don't want to force stats to, to players that I do like. Um, so, so I tend to trend towards AFC and there's two I'm looking at this year. Uh, I, I will probably decide between these two and that's the Kansas city chiefs, which are intriguing uh, because they have Pat Mahomes at quarterback. Uh, he's got a good skill set for the game, but he's only rated 77, but that doesn't mean you can't get it up. Uh, Eric Berry, if he can stay healthy, Travis Kelsey, Justin Houston, all above 90. They have 11 players rated 80 or above. It puts them right kind of in the middle of the pack for the NFL at number 17. My other team would be number 18, uh, which is the Houston Texans. This is, a, this is an interesting squad because they've got – uh, four players rated over 90, but all of them are kind of injury prone, uh, you know, with the J.J. Watts of the world um, and, and DeAndre Hopkins and uh, I'm, try, I'm forgetting the other two. Uh, but uh, then you got a quarterback to Sean Watson, who was just dazzling in, in his uh, few starts last year before he got injured. So I think that could be a, a fun team. They, they don't have the depth, though. They've only got eight other players that are rated 80 or higher. So that's that's a concern with them. Uh, if I was taking an NFC team, I kind of like the Bears, uh, which is weird because their highest rated player is 90. It's a safety. Mm. Uh, they've got 13 players who are 80 or better. Uh, Jordan Howard's probably a little underrated at 85. Biggest problem for the Bears is Mitch Trubisky. Uh, their quarterback is the lowest rated starting quarterback in the league. So he would probably have to be replaced. I'm not sure you can really work your way up from a 74 to make a, mm. uh, a competent quarterback. So uh, if you want to know the three worst teams in, in Madden, it's going to be the Colts, the Cardinals, and the Jets. They have the least talent. Mm. Uh, and and the, the other theme with those teams are uh, bad quarterbacks or at least inexperienced quarterbacks. Uh, well, Luck. Andrew, is, is Luck well, not playing? Yeah, is okay. So deal? Andrew Luck. Yeah, so that, that assumes he comes back. Uh, Andrew Luck's an 87, so he's actually one of the top quarterbacks. I misspoke on the theme there. Uh, but as we got toward the bottom of the league, that's tended to be the, the issue with most teams is quarterbacks. But, yeah, if Andrew Luck can stay healthy or actually play, uh, that gives them a, a leg up. But the Colts don't have a single player rated over 90, uh, and they've only got 10 who are over 80. So it's a, it's a rough roster. But if Andrew Luck is healthy and plays and plays well, uh, he can elevate them some. Uh, the Cardinals have a rookie in Rosen and Sam Bradford. Uh, so, I mean, Rosen has potential there. Uh, and then Who's the, the Jets have... Who's the coach of the Cardinals now? Oh, uh, boy. It's not the... No, Arians is gone. No, I, right. So who is the coach? Let's see. Steve Wilkes. I don't uh, know who that is. I literally have was, no idea who that okay, is. That, well, I had to Google it. So he is the uh, Pan, he was the Panthers defensive coordinator. I don't That's remember an this interesting happening. Interesting direction to go in with that team. Yeah. I'm saying it's bad. Uh, I literally don't know anything about him. The Panthers yeah, so are the, clearly a successful team, so I'm so sure the, he's a good coach. Yeah. So if you want, if you're looking for a team to rebuild in franchise mode, the Cardinals and Jets are, are probably the the two biggest challenges. The Cardinals have four great players: David Johnson, Patrick Peterson, Larry Fitzgerald, Chandler Jones. But other than that, can you call uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who by the way is a Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer? Can you call him a great player now? I don't oh think he can. Yes. Trust me. I have to see him play my Seahawks twice. Okay. All right. Good. <laughs> um, you know, he's, more still, than I do. he's still, still incredibly good. I mean, I know he's a probably uh, good possession receiver at this point. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, so the, the problem with the Cardinals is other than those four, they don't have anybody rated over 82. 
So, so that that's rough. And then the Jets went into last year with the worst roster. Uh, they were competitive in real life, but this year, same kind of issue. Uh, their highest rated player is 86. And then they've got three quarterbacks uh, who all are kind of intriguing in a way. Teddy Bridgewater, Josh McCown, Sam Darnold. Uh, but they're all at well under 80 rated. So, Sam I mean, Darnold you just was, have to... that's their top draft pick. Yeah, right? he's, okay. only set, he's only rated 75, though. I think well, he's I... the lowest of the lowest of the um, rookie that that first round rookies. And actually, he's... interesting enough, uh, Lamar Jackson, who was drafted way farther back in the draft, is a 79. Or not way farther back in the draft, but farther back in the first round. Is J- Jackson uh, isn't going to play over Flacco, right? Oh, boy. Um, they're actually rated the same in Madden. Um, no, I wouldn't expect Jackson to start, but I I could see him replacing him this year. Flacco's been awful. He has been. Uh, he has not been good. That huge contract, I think, just was... Yeah. I mean, it was good for his, his bank account, but I don't know yeah. that it was been ultimately good for his on-field su- yeah. success. Yeah, so that that's where I'm at. Check out my power rankings. You'll see... Uh, the the Eagles are number one. The Saints are number two. Patriots are three. Falcons are four, and Jaguars are five. Wow. And then the most a lot most of NFC teams, man. Most most overrated team, the Dallas Cowboys, at six. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, they're, they're the first non playoff team to to go up there because they have six players rated ninety or above. Uh, most of them, or three of them, are on the offensive line. Uh, so that's why you like them, Rich. Uh, and then they got a you know a high rated running back uh so if i'm yeah, building a if i'm it. building a football team i start at the offensive line every single time every single time and by the way the eagles finally had a great offensive line and they finally won there's a direct I, I, ironically enough they they won when their best offensive lineman was injured though <laughs> oh the left tackle yeah, yeah 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 so um they can overcome it but yeah jason, you're right jason in, peters in case, yeah but i yeah. mean again jason peters Hall of Famer got seriously injured, but that shows the depth because the guy they put in Nagata was not as good, but he was more than good enough. More than good enough. Okay, so let, let's go to a little NBA 2K because uh, we're yes, well, that's that's an early September game, September seventh or whatever it is. Uh, why do we not have any news on it? And I'm not exaggerating when I say there's no news on it uh, besides cover athletes and pre-order bonuses. That's it. Uh, you don't need it. No, we know nothing about the game. You, Rich, since when? I just heard you on, on the Dodcast talking about how you, you don't understand how people buy games without knowing enough right. about them. Because it's well, we not out yet. You don't need to know anything <laughs> about it. The week before, well, a couple things, right? Number one, the NBA is still trying to get its act together with all the free agent signings. Like players are jumping around, going left, right, and center. So people are still trying to understand what is my team going to look like? It's not the best time, in my opinion, if I were in charge of it. It's not the best time now to start talking in depth about your game's features mm. when if you're a Celtics fan or a Lakers fan or a Cavaliers fan, you're trying to understand what, what who's even going to be on your team. Huh. Now, I'd say I'd say the awareness uh, around all that is it presents the greatest opportunity to well, capitalize on people thinking about it because in a month, yeah, they won't be thinking about the NBA yet. But they will be because the NBA is better than anybody else at – making their league the topic of conversation 12 months of the year. In fact, in August, some would argue that the NBA is, is there's more conversations about the NBA in the off season than there is during the well, actual right, regular right, right. season. Go, going into the draft and free agency. Yes. But in August, all that's a settled. 
which oh. is with and and in August, this is the one little bit of downtime, right? The summer league, I think it's over. If it's not over, it's almost over. Yeah. Right? So this is the one little dead period of the NBA. Oh. And there's still NBA talk constantly. Just today, right? Was the Kawhi Leonard to Toronto, DeMar DeRozan, right? There's always yeah. NBA stuff happening. However, again, I, I think and I, look, the the proof is in the data. The the guys who are making video games are very smartly in my opinion waiting a little longer, waiting until the game is closer to being actually able to be played to start putting their foot on the accelerator when it comes to making people aware. NBA 2K, I mean, the, mm. the 2K is always promoting it, right? I mean, if you go on Twitter, oh, well. you see what they're what they're talking about. They're, they're talking about the game all the time. But Well, yeah, they're talking about nothing <laughs> yeah they, they they mentioned the game plenty but like uh, but what happens to tomorrow if nba 2k announces a big new mode is it going to be impactful in late mid to late july or early august when a lot of people are on summer vacation and summer break and and like for example I, you know i don't even want to get into a thing here but let's just say that world events over the last few days have been pretty top of mind to a lot of people. I was in Washington, D.C., and I was just soaking up the All-Star game for two days. Didn't care about anything else going on in the world. You know what I mean? Like, this is the time of year when people are sort of, there's a lot of vacations, a lot of having fun, and a lot of people aren't sort of doing the things that they normally do from September through June. So I think they just recognize that now is not the most optimal time to spend the time and the money and the effort to market a game. But a couple of weeks beforehand, you'll probably start to see a ton of information so, about it. Yeah, so let me just frame this a little bit uh, because I, I think I think why this still stands out is not necessarily concern or anything, but it's it's just uh, you know contrasting it against the EA Sports games, which, as we talked about earlier. Uh, they, you know, pushed a whole lot out really early. They have betas. Uh, they have, yeah, yeah, multiple betas for multiple games. So um, they they really just put it all out there. And now maybe, like in the case of Madden, it seems to be petering out a little bit. NBA 2K, on the other hand, they wait, and then they go pretty much full steam from once they start right up to release. So it, it's just a different strat strategy. But I looked back. And last year, the first news they put out was on July 27th. So the game last year came out a week later than it does this year. So, you know, put that together and you would say, well, information then if they're on a similar schedule will be out this week or next. And I, I can tell you my gut, and actually it might be a little more than a gut feeling, uh, is by the time this podcast is out or within a day of the podcast coming out, there will probably be some NBA 2K information. Uh, so yeah, that's coming, and then it, and then they're gonna probably put out new stuff every week uh, going forward. So it, it's interesting, though. It, it it always is interesting to see. Oh, I love it. What how they how they handle it and uh, and and how you know how it eventually plays out. But and and the other thing is, Brian, last year's NBA 2K was the best selling version ever. So they know what they're doing. They they know right. exactly what they're doing, and, yep. and, and 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 yeah, the marketing marketing strategies change have evolved um, as they have as to seen. as they yeah. absolutely have to. Like we were saying earlier, there are so many different ways 
so many different places where people are talking about the game, so many more different ways to reach your fans now than there were so, a few years ago. Yeah, and, and 2K is going to dominate the news cycle for the next month and a half. NBA 2K and, and, is going to sell. This year's NBA 2K will sell even more than last year. Guaranteed. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree there. Nope. It's uh, going to blow the doors off of last year's game. Why? Because the NBA what? is more popular than it's ever been now. Period. The the reason that NBA 2... There are two reasons that NBA 2K is the number one selling game. Number one, the game is great. Number two, the NBA is ridiculously popular and gets more popular every single year. Period. That's why. If the game was terrible, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. Look, but the game is great. It, you might yeah. not love everything about the game. I don't love everything about the game. No one loves everything about the game. But there's a lot that is great about the game. Period. Okay, Rich. There's going to be a year where NBA 2K does not sell more than it did before. It happened it won't be FIFA. this year. Won't it be happened this year. to Madden. I think it will be. Nope. It uh, won't be this year. It'll break. Uh, it'll break the records that it set last mm-hmm. year. It'll break the records so. this year. I think yeah. it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close to flat. Um, and I think it's just there's a lot of negativity coming off last year, uh, and and I, it you know there eventually is going to be a peak, and the, I mean the the number like the the amount of money people have spent on the game eventually you saw that happen with FIFA it's still the biggest game in the world, but it peaked it kind of tailed off a little bit it's still massive. FIFA obviously. and NBA are different. You can do FIFA is a worldwide game. If anything, that has more. That has more. That's not uh, what I said. You're right. You're right. What I'm saying is they're different games. NBA 2K is much more of a superhero fantasy than FIFA. Oh, yeah. It's it's almost not an NBA game anymore. Exactly. You can do things in NBA that make you feel like a super powerful human being. You can't do that in FIFA. You might get really lucky once or twice in a FIFA match to do like a bicycle, bicycle kick and score a goal. You can do alley-oops and dunks and fast breaks left right and center with your favorite players in the nba like it's like it's nothing it's a completely different thing that's why nba 2k is going to once again sell it's going to break its its records it's a very different experience it's a much more visceral experience it's much more of a jump out of your seat it's much more of a of a oh my gosh did you see that NBA 2K does a better job than any other game of making you feel amazing when you can pull those kind of things off that you can't do yeah, in any after, other game. Yeah, you can do that once you paid two hundred dollars to up your character's attributes, Rich. <laughs> it's 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 going to be you know I I think we'll have to revisit it because I, I I see look it's quite possible oh, I can't you'll be wait right. to revisit it. I, I yeah, can't wait. I, 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 my gut feeling is it's, it's, uh, gonna, gonna tail off a little bit this year and maybe, maybe be flat, uh, against last year. Nope. I think that's just purely number one. It, it is coming off, uh, a rough year. No, it's uh, not. consumers. It was a great and media. year. It was a great year. And by <laughs> you, the way, you, you are only talking about financially though. No, I'm not talking, talking about the game. About I played the game. I played the game for 65, 70 hours. I had a great time playing it. I'm not saying you that did, people weren't upset. You people didn't, didn't play like the game stuff. the way the people who spoke out about it. I, I understand that, nor do I claim to. But there's a lot more people like me who buy the game. Are there? Yeah, I don't know about that. No, I, I, their most popular mode is my career mode. I didn't right, uh, right. But my career mode to most people is something that they dabble in. There is a clear large group of people who make my career the only way that they play the game. I'm not dismissing that, n- not at all. But I'm saying there is a very large contingent 
That's the only reason that it sold the most copies ever. There's a large contingent of casual people, casual fans who buy NBA 2K now because, again, they can turn it on and, and do stuff that you can't do in any other video game. And there's a lot, a lot of people like that in NBA 2K. Nobody that I talk to is deep into the, you know, the, the my career stuff. Again, I know there's millions of people that are. I don't ever talk to anybody. That's that's hyperbole. It's not true. I talk to more. The more people that I talk to play NBA 2K than any other sports video game because we've talked about the complexity, talked about the controls. Those are all real, but it's still, relatively speaking, a game that you can sort of pick up and and start to figure out how to pass and how to shoot easier than you can ever make something happen in Madden uh, or you know in Mm -hmm. FIFA. Well, yeah, and there's no doubt culturally NBA 2K surpassed Madden a long time ago. That's right, and the NBA, uh, the NBA in and of itself is more popular than any other sport right now. You could say the NFL dominates. Hmm. It might in, in I wonder in, uh, in the U.S. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder if the fantasy approach to NBA 2K actually isn't beneficial to them now, where I think a lot of people look. If you're, <laughs> I don't I, look. I lost my team. So I, I, I don't have so a team. So did I. So I, I can't speak to um, the way, you know, a, a fan of the Minnesota Timberwolves feels or a fan of, um, you know, Los Angeles Clippers feel or whoever it is that you, we know who's going to win the NBA championship next season. Yes. <laughs> you know? It's like I, I, I cannot – I just – like I don't, I don't have the interest in the NBA anymore and it, look, I uh, and it's not because I don't even dislike the Warriors. I actually root for them. I have no problem uh, with the Warriors, none. But, but I I don't know how the interest in the league continues to grow when when the outcome is already known in advance. Like, well, a couple like it's reasons. great. Wow, wow, Lakers fans got LeBron. You're not going to win the championship this no, year. Not even. No, they so, won't even uh, get past the second round. No, I mean uh, if we if we go by my NBA 2K simulation, they're going to have a tough time making the playoffs. Period. But yeah, yeah. So it's just I don't know. I wonder if if it was a really a pure NBA game video game, uh, just with friend without the fantasy elements. Uh, I wonder if its sales wouldn't have uh, uh, been hurt by that uh, with the way the league has gone the last five years. Anyways, that's just a weird thing that popped in my head there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, look, I lost my team too. You know, every year that goes by, the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, I I was a Nets fan because it's in New Jersey. Right. Yeah. New Jersey. I'm from oh, New yeah. Jersey. That's more important. That's like uh, I can totally understand why San Diego Chargers fans are like, no, I'm not a fan of the Los totally, Angeles Chargers. Totally. Yeah. Like every year that goes by, I'm less and less even have any affinity for the Brooklyn Nets. Because, you know, the first couple of years after they left, they had some ties to the New Jersey team. There were some players that I had watched and enjoyed and they had the same coach. But it's just. I don't even have a team anymore in the NBA, but I watch a lot of NBA, a, a lot of NBA. I like the NBA much more than I like college basketball. To me, college basketball is borderline unwatchable because of the quality of play. Mm. Uh, you're totally right about the the Warriors. They're going to win the title. Everybody knows it now, but there are enough great players and interesting storylines that people still get caught up in the NBA on a daily basis. It's always the top conversation, except for, you know, football Monday, right, when everyone's talking about all the games on Sunday, pretty much the NBA is going to be top of mind in any sort of sports conversation. Just go, you know, look at any leading sports website. The NBA is always, always dominating the the, the majority of the conversations. Doesn't, doesn't matter what time of year it is. Uh, 
another uh, question I got was regarding. We'll we'll, we'll go through this and one more fairly quickly. Uh, what do we think is the most disappointing sports game so far this year? Do you have, does something come to mind for you? Well, when we say this year, are we talking about county year twenty eighteen? Because like, what's even what's even on the list? I don't. I don't quite. Uh, so, so games on the list. Uh, well, I think the obvious pair uh, for that for that question are the two tennis games, or the two sim tennis games. Uh, Ao tennis and, and tennis world tour are are clear probably favorites in that regard. Uh, there's MLB the show. There's UFC, um, and I have a list here somewhere. Because I, there's no sports game this year that I've played that I have not enjoyed. I play the show all the time. I'm in deep in August with my Mets, and I'm I'm gonna win a wild card spot, and then I'm gonna have to try to win that one wild card game. I'm fighting to make that game be at home. I love the show. I know there's a lot of problems with it. I know, you know, TJ and Chris and Mills Gaming TV are always talking about different things with it. You know, they, I can't. I can't count the number of times that TJ's like, that's it. I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And then two yeah, days think, later, I think, two I days think later Mills, he's back in. Yeah. I think Mills has gone down that path too. And then he's back in like th- these, these guys, you know, Mills, TJ, oh, it's baseball. If you right. love it, you, you overlook. Absolutely. You try to overlook. Yeah. It's no criticism whatsoever. I completely get it. You get frustrated. You know, one of my favorite tweets of the last week was from our friend, Matt Piscatella who spent a whole bunch of money because there was a big sale on um, on Stubbs or Diamond Dynasty packs or something. He spent a pretty decent amount of money and bought a bunch of packs. Like it was like two for one packs or something. And out of like 120 packs, he got zero diamond players or something like that. And he listed it all out. It's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Like, so I, I get where they're all coming from, but I have thoroughly enjoyed my time with it. I have not even come close to buying or even trying any of those tennis games because you told me that they were broken. I'm like, why am I going to buy a game that's broken? That's yeah. ridiculous. I'm not going to do that. So I don't have a most disappointing game because I only play good games. I literally don't waste a minute of my time playing something that is not good, in my opinion. That doesn't would you, mean... Would, well, I, I know one. Would you consider Mario Tennis Aces disappointing? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. Not di- disappointing because I didn't. I, I bought it and I played it for half an hour and just haven't gone back to it. Not disappointing in that I can point out what made me not like oh, it. It just well, didn't do it, anything for me. Couldn't it also? It's not really a tennis game, right? From what I've my understanding, no, it's, it's not, not a whole lot of actual game. tennis. It's not yeah. a tennis. I mean, I think the online and the co- like. I've heard from like Jeff Kanat at DLC, for example, that the co-op is spectacular fun, just super, super fun. But it's not a tennis game in that it's all about power-ups, right? Like you have to sort of wait and and build up your your power up and then execute your power up at the right time that's not how real tennis works no it, it may be a great no. video game but it's mm-hmm. certainly not a a traditional tennis game by any stretch but mario tennis aces did not get me at all and maybe i'm doing it wrong i mean we talk all the time brian like i'm just i'm buried in an avalanche of great games i i subscribe to all the live services i'm constantly trying new stuff you know i fin- i played beyond two souls and now i'm playing heavy rain I'm playing XCOM 2 because I have that for some reason through one on on PlayStation Plus. Probably, I'm playing that. You know, I you finally know I, I, I finally grabbed uh, Detroit. 
I'm going to fire that up here this weekend. Yeah, I'm, I got to I got to play that. I'm a, I'm a fan of Quantic Dream Quantic Dream games. I, I you know what I played for a half an hour tonight. Got home from DC today, and uh, my son and I were hanging out before it was bedtime for him. He was playing Zelda on the top TV and on the bottom TV. I fired up my NES Classic and I played Punch Out for yeah. half an hour. And by the way, I don't I don't want to Google it. I'm not going to Google it. Do you know how to beat Bald Bull? Do you know Punch Out at all? Man. Back in the day, but I, I don't I don't remember any like I, that was probably I probably had to call the Nintendo hotline. <laughs> I don't know what to do about Bald Bull. I made it all the way to him, which is the title mm. bout of like the second series, and I can't beat him. I'm not sure, but I'm not going to Google it. I'm, I told my son. Oh man, my my mm-hmm. son's like just Google. I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I couldn't oh. do that back in 1987 when this was out. I'm not going to do it now. Well, I say the Nintendo hotline. I, I, my mom used to let me call that for some games, uh, especially Zelda. Yeah, uh, I remember because it was it was you had to pay Very by the minute or whatever it was. Um, that was that was really cool at the time to actually be able to call a hotline and have yeah. someone help you get through an area. But <laughs> yeah, times have changed. But like, um, I'm just playing so many so many games. You know, it there, there's just so much to choose from. That that's sort of my problem. I've just yeah. I'm just constantly dabbling in this, that, and the other thing, which is a great thing. It's it's wonderful in 2018 to be able to do that. Yeah, it was so interesting. I'm playing Punch Out on the bottom TV, and on the top, he's playing Zelda Breath of the Wild on the Switch on that 4K TV, and it's just looking at that is my gosh, Brian. Breath of the Wild is an astounding accomplishment. It looks so amazing. He's like climbing mountains and and paragliding yeah. and stuff. And then I'm down on the bottom and I'm beating Don Flamenco and Piston Honda. It's just, it was <laughs> awesome. It was so fun. Uh, one one more uh, question I got, and it, it it's timely because it's been now, uh, I think exactly two months since NBA Playgrounds 2 was delayed and it got delayed like a, a, day? It, a, a day, day before? or two yeah. before it was supposed to come out. Um, and we've talked about this a couple of times. And so people are still wondering what's going on with that, because obviously there's kind of a timer on this game. Like it, it needs to come out in August uh, or if it comes out after that, it's going to get swallowed up by all the other sports games. People are going to spend their money on NBA 2K or NBA Live. They're not going to buy two or three NBA games in the same month. Uh, so uh, what's going on with it? So we, we've theorized a few times. I have a new a new one to propose rich so you know there's been there's been are they saving an announcement for for e3 that didn't happen there's been uh have they been acquired by like 2k sports and it's going to become part of nba 2k could be we don't know anything about nba 2k yet um has it been canceled Eh, it could could be uh i'm not sure i have a whole lot of faith it doesn't make a lot of sense that they would pay and, and, and develop it so i don't think that's it but my new theory uh, or at least possibility. I'm not saying this is what it's going to be, but my possibility, what if they're transitioning it to become a free-to-play game? So the original NBA Playgrounds was uh, was, was built upon, and it was the, probably the least favorite part about that game, uh, the, the, the part that a lot of people complain about, is basically a card game, uh, except you weren't paying to open packs, but you were opening packs, and that's how you're getting your players, and people just wanted to have the players that they wanted. Uh, but the pack... Uh, design the the way they designed the game. It would work as a free to play game if you had to buy packs, uh, and, and so that you know that I think that's a plausible scenario. 
that they do that. Although I don't know why they would wait till a day before the game was going to come out <laughs> to decide to do it. So it doesn't really fit in that regard. But it's I'm I'm just really curious what's going on with this because it's obviously something big. It's it's not like they they had a bu- a bug in the game that they had to fix. It's been two months and they haven't said a word about the game since they delayed it. Yeah. Um. So what are your thoughts on, I, on what's going on here? I think that's a very plausible theory. I hope that you're right. Um, I think that there was some sort of a. My theory is that there was some sort of a fundamental company business change whether the company got bought whether the company doesn't have the capital to operate uh there in my opinion it's got to be something like that where they're getting acquired or there's a lawsuit or litigation that is preventing them like the i can't i can't think of anything else but even that doesn't make a whole lot of sense because if you're getting no. acquired, you want to be cash flow positive. And the way to be cash flow positive is to get people to buy your game. Mm. So I, I just, it, it's got to be something litigation related, something where the studio has. Which um, would which would also uh, you know, explain so- the silence. Right. If exactly. exactly. Some kind of legal thing. Yeah. Yep. So it's unfortunate. I'm certainly not saying that's what I want to be the case. What I would love to hear is announcement tomorrow. Hey, sorry for the silence, uh, but we we're you know we're releasing on on this date, and the reason that we had to to go silent was because we had this amazing new thing that we knew that we could do, but we weren't sure until now. And well, here's this amazing new mode that that we boy, can include yeah. as part of the game. If they if if they did it this by choice. <laughs> It's really weird because they've lost two months plus of potential sales. Well, uh, but the original timing for the release was curious in the finals. So, yeah, it, it, it makes was, more it was sense around to come out. when the first one came out, though. Oh, yeah, I'm not sad, but I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like, to me, if I'm releasing any sports game, it should be at the start of the season whether you it's, just argued rich you just argued that there's no more fascinating time for for nba fans than the than the off season <laughs> i that's not, that's you're right but that's not the that's not what i'm saying now i'm saying if i they would people would have been able to go in uh at the beginning of uh july and play with lebron james in a lakers jersey and nba playgrounds too they missed out on those opportunities sure i'm not arguing that i'm just saying if i'm selling a video a sports video game I'm going to release my game somewhere in the counter where it matches up with the start of the season. Maybe it's the preseason, maybe it's the regular season, but you know, like that that's what we've talked about here. I don't understand the FIFA release date. It makes no sense to me oh, <laughs> to release FIFA 9 weeks or 6 weeks after the start of the Premier League in the European football calendar. Yeah. I, I I don't I don't get it. Like I'm ready to play the new Everton now right the season starts in like two weeks why am i I, waiting until late september to to start the season 10 games into the season it's not just fifa though pro evolution too right you're right you're totally right one of them could get a big advantage by releasing early and they choose not to i don't think there's any licensing agreements that preclude them from releasing earlier it's not like the nfl or the NBA, where they have one organization that tells them the er- earliest they can release the game. I mean, so I, I don't. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I think the show has it right. 
I think Madden has it right now with early mm-hmm. August. Uh-huh. NBA is too early. NBA 2K is too early. NHL, NHL is too early. About right. Too early. too early. Yeah, too early. FIFA's too late. Um, so Madden right now in, in the in the ever shifting games calendar release date, Madden's the one that, that really has it. Madden You're and right. the show are both are both at the right time in my opinion. We both right we, we both agree the way to fix the and we've talked about this before, the way to fix the sports game release schedule is for the soccer games to move up into July and for the basketball August. games to move back to October. Correct. And then we would be golden. Yep. Agreed. Although yeah. I would say August, not July. Okay. Well for the soccer. Eh, July. <laughs> I said July. Uh, anyways. I, I want to on the opening weekend of the Premier League, I yeah. should be able to play the new FIFA and the new Pro Evo. All right. I don't disagree with you there. So all right, that'll do it. Uh, we talked for quite a while, Rich, and I thought we, this would be about a 10-minute episode, and it went an hour, <laughs> hour and a half. Dude, once uh, you get me on here, you know I don't shut up, right? That's this how is it how works. it always happens. <laughs> I was like, dude, we started talking, and I'm like, oh, boy, how am I going to Here we go. <laughs> and, uh, and no, I even left stuff out. So, Yep. Um, thank you, everyone. Thanks to people who sent in questions. Yes. You know, there are some that I didn't get to. I'll save them for next time. Um, thank you for listening. Rich Grisham, Out of the Park Developments. The game's still on sale. It is on sale through July 20th, so you still got a couple oh, of days. Yeah, yep. Quickly. Although by the time you hear this show, it'll be the it's last be day, so get there quick. It's only 20 yeah. bucks. 20 bucks. Uh, and I am, because I don't think I mention it most of the time, I am Pasta Padre Brian Weida. <laughs> Check me out, PastaPadre.com, Sporting News. Follow me on Twitter, Pasta Padre. Thank you, everyone, again. Uh, we will be back. Actually, we won't. I think I'll be hosting the show without Rich Christian. I'll be suspending you next week. I'm being suspended because I'm taking my family to Universal and Disney. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Well, uh, you're using your uh, suspension time wisely. So Thank I can't you. Fall Thank that. you. You know, uh, so I will be back next week, and I will—I have no idea what the show's going to be about, <laughs> but I will have people on with me. I think it'll be—it'll be more interesting that way. Um, I'll have guests. More interesting and without so, me, no doubt. Oh no, Rich, we can't do it without you. <laughs> we can't. I can't so wait to hear it though. I can't wait yeah. to hear it. Looking you actually to have it. a podcast to listen to. That's, That's right. Like when the when the episodes I'm not on, I'm always like, all right, it gives me something extra to listen to. Exactly. Oh, yeah, it's great. <laughs> Alrighty, everyone. Uh, take care. Till next week. 